Has a lane, 15-10, touchdown, Chargers! What's up, guys? Welcome into a mid-July edition of Chargers Weekly. As always, joined by Matt Money-Smith. Counting down the days till we get to see you guys at Jack Hammett Sports Complex. Less than two weeks, money. I'm looking forward to it, man. Most definitely. Very excited. We, we said it last week, and we're a week closer. So July 26th, day one. That's a Wednesday. July 29th is the back-together-again celebration on Saturday, of course. We get the joint practices. Be an awful lot of fun with Derek Carr back out there. New Orleans Saints. The Saints fans always come out. It's kind of been a bit of a... I guess the last couple years, it's it's shifted a little bit with the Cowboys and the 49ers, but always good to have the Saints back out there. Maybe Drew Brees come back up, hang out. Maybe we can get Phillip Rivers to hop a plane and come back out and uh, redo the quarterback competition those two guys used to have when the joint practices. It's going to be weird seeing Derek Carr actually at a training camp practice, no? I mean, this was a, this was a fierce rival for several years. Yeah, I think Joey and... Derek and a joint practice should be quite entertaining. And I'm, I'm sure he'll have some sort of what he believes is deep thought about the prior rivalry and how he's moved on. And he looks back fondly upon those engagements with the Chargers and something stupid like that. So I'm just, looking forward to that. You're already transcribing the press conference. Yeah. <laughs> See it a mile away. After Every time we come down to L.A. with his dumb accent, I have no idea where he got it from. Man, just so many Raider fans down here. They always you know, walk around town. You see them, they just tell you how much it means to them. It just means so much to me to mean so much to them. You know, And that's what this is all about. Shut up. <laughs> that's what it's all about. Hey, it's you know what? He's it's already great... doing it in New Orleans, too. He's already, I, 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 that's the fun. People are like, oh, he lives rent-free in your head. No, he doesn't. I just enjoy it. It brings me joy to see the stupidity of his quotes as he tries to assess the state of fandom surrounding the team for which he plays. Well, we're going to do the podcast live. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it, what if we got him to sit down with us? Oh, I. well, you know, the last time he did an interview with us on, on Petros and Money, he got really upset. I felt bad because the agent called Tim Cates and kind of got after Cates, our producer, a little bit. Because I asked him about throwing the ball away on fourth down. I was like, I got to ask you, you've thrown the ball away on fourth down twice. How does that happen? And he got really upset. I don't remember the plays you're talking about. I was like, well, I do. I can go through them if you want. And he got really pissed. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I'm happy to have him sit down. I have no problem with it whatsoever. We'll see if we can arrange it. Uh, I'll make it uncomfortable for you, Chris. I'll make it real uncomfortable for you. I, I, I enjoy wait. it. There's nothing I like better. You know, you know what would be great is if you're uh, you're literally get your notepad out alongside Popper and Miller oh, yeah. and Lindsay and 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 you and you're just documenting each incompletion and then we have a little chat afterwards about it. Hundred percent. Let's go through these. Walk me <laughs> through throwing on. the ball away on fourth down. You got a fourth and goal and you throw it into the dirt. Kind of walk me through that process. <laughs> of course. Meanwhile, I would take a snap and just immediately throw the ball into the ground and run the opposite way. For fear of, of death, of what course. was coming my direction when those guys are coming at me. Well, hey, the, the Derek Carr conversation is a nice segue into the division, and that's what we're going to dig in today on. Uh, it's for, for Chargers fans, you know, you're not going to like some of these stats, um, but I think if you if you look at the 
the silver lining of what's happened over the last few years with Justin Herbert, especially Justin Herbert versus Patrick Mahomes, I, I think they're a little bit closer to the Chiefs than you may realize. Um, the, the Chiefs, obviously, we'll really dive into them. But money, it's it's the other teams in the division I want to start with, the, the Broncos and the Raiders. Since two, The Chargers haven't won the division in 13 seasons. They haven't won the division since 2009. So I, I looked at just their records against both the Broncos and the Raiders over that time. They're 13-13 and 13 against the Raiders. They're 10 and 16 against the Broncos. They're 9 and 17 against the Chiefs. We'll get into that later. Um, but the Raiders and Broncos teams, they've had better teams too um, in seasons where they've kind of stubbed their toe in Denver or in Vegas or the Raiders coming to Los Angeles. And that, that's the kind of the, the first step. And if, if you ever want to win this division, yes, the Chiefs. But you can't stub your toe against teams you're better than. And it really, it starts week four against the Raiders in your place. Um, and I guess we can begin with the Raiders, what okay. they did last year with Josh McDaniels in his first year, what they've brought on. Obviously, Jimmy Garoppolo in, Derek Carr out. They brought in Jacoby Myers. They got another edge rusher to put on the other side of, of Max Crosby. Um, I still think they're the fourth best team in the division as we see it here today. But... The Chargers and Raiders, like I said, thirteen and thirteen is probably what you expect over the last thirteen seasons. It's they. You said it best. Stub their toe. They're better teams. They, yeah. They've been the better team in the matchups with the Raiders and the Broncos. Now, granted, the, the Broncos' defense was an absolute juggernaut last year, and I think it proved that's why those games were so boring and why so many people complained about watching the Broncos in primetime over and over again because their defense was so good to shut down the opponent and their offense was so bad that they didn't score any points either. So it just became this very, not strange, but just this tight game that had very little points because their offense was inept, but their defense was exceptional. So it's understandable the, the, the split with the Broncos because the defense has been that good when it was Von Miller and Bradley Chubb and, and you think about the no-fly zone that was still sort of there for a little bit with that back end and how good it was and, and how good they've been. And look, this is, this is an exercise in, re, in observing how teams choose to construct themselves through the draft. The, the Broncos have repeatedly invested in their secondary, repeatedly invested in their defensive line. So it's understandable that, that it's going to be a really good unit. And, of course, they've hit the jackpot on a couple of those later round picks. You know, just the pairing of Jackson and Simmons has been the best safety duo in the league for probably the last five years. So when you've got all that, it's understandable you're going to be in tight games. And then it comes down to who's going to execute in the final seven and a half minutes uh, of the fourth quarter and get out of here with a victory. And even you just go back to last year, you think about that win at SoFi, and it was a pretty gnarly game. The, the Chargers were down 16-13 in that fourth quarter, had to get that game-tying field goal. And, of course, we know it was a back-and-forth affair in overtime until you had the great rookie play from from Dean Leonard and Josh Taylor to, to get the turnover in the Dustin Hopkins field goal to get the win. But, like, if we're – if we're starting, are we starting with the Broncos or are we starting with the Raiders? We're starting with the Raiders. Sorry. Start with so, the Raiders. I've, so I've gone down that whole thing. So just put a pin in that. I don't even know how I got there. My great apologies. But with the Raiders, 
the one thing that stood out to me looking at the games last year, and I don't want to go too far back just because it's a new coaching regime. Of course. It's new players. You got a new quarterback. You know what I mean? So if we just look at last year, the Chargers couldn't run the ball. And that was the case in a lot of the games. But you go to each of these games against the Raiders in the one they won where they were up 10 going into the fourth quarter. Like they're Austin Eckler ran 14 times for 36 yards. As a team, they ran 31 times for 76 yards. And like that's that's how you go up 14 and you find yourself in a bit of a tight game in the fourth quarter because you can't run the ball. And, and then, Chris, you go to the second one, and it's the same thing. Uh, you know, the Chargers could not run the ball. It's Austin Eckler, 10 carries for 35 yards, and as a team, 22 for 72, while the Raiders go 29 for 154. Josh Jacobs goes crazy for 144 and a tug, and they lose 27-20. Like, against the Raiders, they got to be able to run the ball. That's, that's what has to happen. Well, I go to that game in Vegas. They started it with a pick six for Bryce Callahan. So they scored on defense to start the game. Um, they couldn't stop Josh Jacobs. They couldn't stop Devontae Adams. I think there was a flea flicker in that game. He had uh, two touchdowns, one for 45 yards, the other one for 31 yards. And, you know, the offense couldn't score, period. Like Keenan Allen scored in the fourth quarter. So, you know, these are the games that I see, and I'm like, man, this team is so freaking talented. You can't lose those games. You can't lose, you know, if, if we're kind of going to build, like, the path to winning the AFC West, especially this year against this Raiders team. Well, you know, we should kind of look forward a little bit because Jimmy Garoppolo is now the quarterback. Um, I think his health has been in question. There's been some talk about his foot and if he's going to be ready. I mean, they don't really have much of a backup option. They got a rookie and they got Brian Hoyer. So they're really putting all the chips in the middle of the table for Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, No Darren Waller this year. You bring in Michael Mayer, who we talked about during the draft. We like a lot. Um, but he ain't Tyre, Darren it, Waller. Yeah, he ain't, he ain't Darren Waller. So um, that's that's a win because now you can cut Derwin loose. Yeah. Before, Derwin would treat Darren Waller a lot like Travis Kelsey, where it was a, hey, let's just let's, let's eliminate this problem. Let's put Derwin on Darren and eliminate that, and then let's figure the rest out. That was sort of Brandon Staley's approach, and it would work. You know, Darren Waller did not have very good games when Derwin – was out there. Remember, Darren Waller wasn't out there last year, and then we saw Derwin on Devontae Adams a little bit in that week one. And and so when you have when you don't have to worry about that, that's going to be a big win for for the Chargers defense and being able to use Derwin all over the place now, as opposed to just locking up for the most part. Waller, it's it's week four. You mentioned it, so I think Josh Jacobs should be back by then. But it sounds like he is he is not. He is not going to play. That's kind of what at least his camp is intimating right now is he does not want to play on the franchise tag, that it appears as though the Raiders are not interested in him long-term as they continue their roster turnover with this new regime. And I don't blame him. I mean, look, it's $10 bucks. It's kind of hard to walk away from that. But because he hasn't signed it yet, does he get traded? Camp, he does doesn't he get traded? I don't know if I mean, you would have. It would be a very unique situation. You know, you're not trading to pay a guy ten million bucks for one year of service because you're probably not signing him long term either. You know, for what he's looking for. So it's it's just one of those. Is there a team that feels like they're a running back away 
and they've got some cap space, so they'll give them ten million bucks. But I don't see that. So that's that's what's good. I don't I don't know what to make of this Raider team. I liked their draft. I obviously we love Max Crosby. We know what he does every time the Chargers face him. I mean, he is a wrecking machine. And be nice to have Rashawn Slater back out there to to help with that issue. But I don't like I don't quite know as I'm looking at their you bring in Jacoby Myers, but you get rid of of Darren Waller. It's just it Hunter Renfro's still a great third down receiver. They did nothing on the offensive line. Like like I said, I like Michael Mayer. I love Tyree Wilson. The idea of him opposite Max Crosby could be a real headache. He's a hell of a pass rusher, even though he went to Texas Tech where they don't believe in defense. But like that's you know, I like those moves. I just they didn't that's the other thing. Chris, like you think back to the first game and how dominant they were against what's a pretty leaky offensive line, not a great offensive line. And then you go to that game they lost in Las Vegas and they, they didn't get anything going. Like they couldn't, now there was Joe, no Joey Bosa, but still like Khalil Mack had three sacks in that first game. And, and then you go to the, you go to that second game and there's no sacks. Derek Carr throws for 250. You mentioned the flea flicker, a couple touchdowns. Now he threw the pick six to Callahan. So there's hurries and there's hits and stuff like that. And we know Derek Carr gets all flustered in the pocket and, and starts acting crazy when there's pressure. But at the same time, it was just a very strange – that game was very strange. And it goes back to that Week 18 game two years ago and just how strange that game was that they just couldn't – because like in that game, I'm looking at the box score right now, Herbert throws for 335 yards and a touchdown. But he gets sacked five times. Like there was just, it was really hard to connect sort of why it was such a disjointed, strange game that they ended up losing. And remember, after that, I remember walking out of Las Vegas going, man, that might be the one. That that might be the game that prevents them from making the playoffs. They dropped the six and six. It was, that was a rough one. So you're right. Those. The way these teams are, particularly the Raiders, look as though they are continuing to kind of recycle, and I don't know what they are. That's that's a team they need to sweep this year. That's a team they need to sweep in the division. Justin got beat up that game, man. You're right. He was, he was sacked five times. I remember, I remember after that game talking to some of the guys, and I, I know that I think it, was, it may have been Joshua Kelly specifically who said we got to take better care of our quarterback. We got to take better care of our quarterback. And right. you mentioned Rashawn Slater. Joey Bosa and Rashawn Slater were not in that football game. Um, those guys make a big difference. The Raiders, to me, seem to they just hang around. And again, this is this is a part of being in a division, right? The worst teams in a division see you twice a year. They know your tendencies. They know what you're all about. Those games are typically pretty close. Um, but if the, if the Chargers want to get over the hump, right? Week four, it starts there because four of your last five games are AFC West games. So you, you almost have like a money, you almost have like a 10 or 11 game like season to prepare for winning the division. But week four is it comes pretty early um, after some pretty tough tests early against Miami and Tennessee and Minnesota. But I think it'd be good. Get that Kellen Moore offense rolling a little bit uh, in those first three games and then see the, the Vegas Raiders week four and hopefully take care of business. Yeah, they're worth two. You know, they're worth yep. two. And I, I knew it. Sorry, I was distracted and looking at my computer. You were talking about taking better care of Herbert. In that game, there was no Trey Pipkin. So you had Foster Serrell. 
Sorrell yeah. at the at the tackle, and you're talking about uh, six pressures. Four hurries, a hit, and a sack that he allowed. Sawyer obviously had to contend with Max Crosby, so he's got five pressures, three hurries, a hit, and a sack. Matt Filer, who had a we talked about it, just a rough year all around. I was watching it some of the I was watching some rushing. I was actually doing quite a bit of film over the course of the week. And man, I'll tell you, the the slide from Matt Filer from two years ago to last year was was pretty dramatic. And you just watch that side. And there's a re- we, we say it. There's a reason why you can't run the ball. It's not just because Austin Eckler or Joshua Kelly can't run. I mean, there were just guys. They were turnstiles. They were in the backfield like it was nothing. And you watch the Jacksonville game, the second half of the Jacksonville game, and every single time they tried to run the ball, there's just nothing doing. Didn't matter if they had seven guys at the line of scrimmage or four. They were just in the backfield immediately shutting that thing down. But – to, just kind of to to your point about you know the the division games they're worth two you know they're worth two those because the easiest way to punch your ticket to the tournament is to win the division so and that's your number one tiebreaker if you end up with the same record as the Chiefs and you split with them in the regular season well then the next thing that comes up is what's your record in the division so better sweep you know if you if you can sweep both the the Raiders and the the Broncos that then gives you that tiebreaker over the Chiefs and that's something to think about if you're able to split with them and it comes down to both of you being 11 and 6 or 10 and 7 or 12 and 5 whatever it may be you know the one thing about the Raiders I'll say is you know the games aren't played on paper I I would say on paper right now I would probably peg them as the fourth team in the AFC West but they pack a they pack a pass rush they pack a pass rush. And I, if I'm not mistaken, I think Chandler Jones came alive that game against the, the Chargers. Um, and, and he was pretty quiet for a majority he of did. the year. But he came alive, certainly, against the, yeah. the Chargers. He had Wilson. Against Foster Sorrell. Yeah, I know. But still. Like, just look at this, 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 this trio of, of Wilson, Crosby, and Jones. Now, did you watch the any of that quarterback documentary yet? On Netflix? I haven't watched it yet, so I need to. It's... I, watched the first, I watched the first episode last night. And... Max Crosby was freaking all over Patrick Mahomes. And I think it was after a play, I think the whistle may have blew, and he like punched Mahomes. And Mahomes was like, bro, that's too far. You went too far. And then uh, they were, the Chiefs were down 17-0. Mahomes scores a touchdown, gets in Crosby's face, and then Crosby just freaking beelines it at, at, uh, at Mahomes. Bangs his helmet and says, "You woke up the wrong mf'er. You woke up the wrong mf'er." And he said like right. five times in a row. I'm like, dude, that guy's scary, man. And it's crazy I, out there. Man. I'll never forget that week 18 game, man. He single handedly wrecked the game and, and ah. ruined the Chargers' chances to postseason. Completely. Mm. He's he's in the conversation as the best pass rusher in the league. He's in that conversation. He is incredible, and that's that's why the development of Trey McKitty as a blocking tight end. Donald Parham is a blocking tight end, you know, is, is, and his ability to block is going to be so important because if if you feel good about putting Slater on that island and the Raiders just decide, you know, Patrick Graham, who we know what he was able to do with that Giants defense, you know, if he when he's coming over and, and trying to do some things now with extra weapons, with Chandler Jones, who had a bad year last year but came alive in that second game against the Chargers, now with Tyree Wilson – you're going to have tight end help on that other side. 
you know, with Trey. So if you can do that, now you can double Max if he wants to be on that side. And if he's on the side with, with Rashawn, well, now you've got two of the best at what they do just going at it. And you're probably going to see each of them win their fair share of those battles. That's how you, you got to neutralize it. You can make a, you can make, I don't think there's any question you can make a case when you look at each of the offensive lines that the Chargers have the best offensive line in the division. Yeah. I think I think I'd feel very I'd feel comfortable saying that. I know some the the interior of the of the Chiefs with with Trey and and Creed Humphrey has been really good, but I think you talk about you know a, a left tackle and not that I ever thought that highly of Orlando Brown. And my gosh, Joey would eat his lunch every time they played each other. But remember, they're going to have to go with Donovan Smith now, who's like sixty at left tackle. So, you know, with he and but but when you talk about that Smith Tooney Humphrey interior, it's a really good interior line. So you gotta take advantage of those tackles. Not a big Jawan Taylor guy. So that's you know what we're gonna be looking at against the Chiefs. And now I'm just swerving all over the place. We were talking about the Raiders. No, before just to put a pin in the Raiders, uh Jerry Tillery's still there. Uh, DeAndre Carter uh, has, has made his way to Vegas and is going to be doing the same thing he was doing for the Chargers. Uh, last question, given your affinity for, for Derek Carr, do you see uh, Jimmy Garoppolo as an upgrade? Uh, clearly, Josh McDaniels didn't think Derek Carr could run his offense the way he wanted it. He knows Jimmy Garoppolo. You can say whatever you want about Jimmy G. I know he's injury prone, but been to a couple of NFC championships and ha- had a lead in the fourth quarter of a Super Bowl. I think the everything that we had heard from people in in Las Vegas and Oakland is just something that Josh McDaniels decided he didn't want to live with anymore. And that's the mistakes, late game execution, inability to stand in the pocket long enough to, to let plays develop and deliver the ball downfield. He was a lot better with that two years ago he kind of had taken a bit of a step and then regressed last year so I think there's just frustrating things about Carr he's a good quarterback he's a good quarterback he's an accurate quarterback he throws a nice ball he's got decent arm strength he's got good mobility I think it's the 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 thing about Derek is you can't point to the stats you have to watch the games to see when these plays appear over and over again in the red zone interceptions in the red zone just missing receivers in the red zone when the field shrinks and pressure is on you a little bit quicker late game mistakes the fumbles when you're fleeing the pocket way too early I think it's things like that that frustrated John Gruden and you heard about how he was constantly looking for another quarterback which is funny that he's in New Orleans trying to you know coach him up now I know that's an interesting one but so I think eliminating that, you, you probably take a step back in skill level with, with Garoppolo, but perhaps you just feel better about eliminating all of those things that were frustrating in one-score losses, in games that you had the lead in the fourth quarter and ended up losing. I think that just finally caught up to Derek Carr and his relationship with Josh McDaniels, and they chose to go so, you know, with Garoppolo. So I don't think... Is he better? Is he worse? He's just different. I think they're, I think they're comparable in, in how you feel about them quarterbacking your team, and they're just different. The Josh Jacobs situation is certainly one to monitor because he was the best running back in football last year, and if they don't have him at the beginning of the year, especially, yeah. or if, you know, right. 
Jimmy G's not healthy. I mean, that's a completely different looking offense. Yeah, so they have a they have a you know they 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 don't have a lot of depth. It's a team that that does not have a lot of depth. Their secondary is still a huge issue, and their offensive line is still a huge issue. And those are two very very important position groups when it comes to winning football games. So I think you're right saying on paper looks like they're the fourth best team in the division, and you, you'd hope the Chargers can sweep that that two-game series week four and week 15 on Thursday night. So let's move to the Broncos. And um, you, t- you talked about Devin a little bit at the beginning. Uh, week 14 and week 17 this year. They're not going to see yeah. Sean Payton's group until late, late, late in the year. So we'll know exactly we'll know who what the they Chargers are. are, right? We'll know exactly who they are. The, the Broncos, I think they got better simply because of their head coach. Um, their, their defensive coordinator is new, Vance Joseph. Uh, we saw Vance Joseph with the Cardinals last year where the, the, the Chargers beat them late in that game. Um, you mentioned it. Their, their defense is really, really good. I thought Russell Wilson maybe had his best game of the season against the Chargers in, in Week 18. It was a weird game yeah. for the Chargers. They were in. Um, the defense was playing pretty well going into that game. But you know what? I, I almost give the team a mulligan there because of uh, – of the just weird situation when you have a, a playoff spot locked in and, you know, guys are coming in and out. But their offense is going to be better, Money. It, it, it'll be better. To what extent? How much better? Is it going to be incrementally better? Or is it going to be leaps and bounds better? Uh, we'll see what kind of magic Sean Payton can work, coupled with how easy Russell Wilson is going to make it on Sean Payton in terms of doing what he wants Russell to do. Uh, they have weapons up and down, you know, Javante Williams at the running back position coming back from an ACL injury. You hear rumors about them maybe in the mix for Dalvin Cook if if Williams isn't quite ready for week one. They uh, they upgraded their offensive line led by Mike McGlinchey. So this is going to be a decent team, and I think the Chargers are going to have to be ready for those, those matchups because I think they're both going to mean something late in December and January. Yeah, like I said, we'll know what they are. By then, we know the defense is just dominant. It's it's all. I mean, they, even though they traded Bradley Chubb, they still have. You know, we have we didn't see Randy Gregory last year. He was he was injured or out for most of the season, so he's coming back. I like Zach Allen a lot. I thought he was one of the more underrated edge players out there, just because he was kind of performing in anonymity out there in in Arizona. So, and, and the secondary, uh, you know, it's just it's it's. Pat Sertain, how good he is, cannot be put into words. He's a shot. Don't tell Devontae piece. Adams that. Right? <laughs> it's said, crazy yesterday how he said, good he is. I saw the quote. He said, uh, he's just not ready yet. He's not ready yet. Yeah. But he is. Yeah, sure. He's ready. Maybe just maybe not for Devontae. <laughs> yeah. He's he's fine. He's and you know, and then that safety tandem we talked about it, Kareem Jackson and Justin Simmons. It's it's the best safety tandem in in football. So now you're dealing with that. You've got a lockdown corner. You've got, you know, Kareem Jackson and Justin Simmons on the back end. And you've got a decent pass rush up front. Their linebackers leave you, you know, wanting a little bit, you know, Josie Jewell. And, and Baron Browning played pretty well against the Chargers, seems like, every time they, they tangle. But you're right. It's, it's going to come. There's a reason why they hired Sean Payton. There's a reason why they let go of Vic Fangio. They had the most dominant defense in the league year in and year out, or at least in the conversation as such, and they decided to let him go because the offense just could not catch up. And now they bring in a guy who's considered one of the better 
and brightest offensive minds of the last 20 years in the NFL to fix an offense that's got a lot of talent. You know, Russell Wilson looked like he was carrying about 10, 15 pounds too much last year, and it looks like he shed that extra weight. We know how dangerous he is when he's running around, and he just really didn't do that last year until week 18 when he played the Chargers, and now all of a sudden Russell's running around, and you're like, yeah, this is – this is what we remember. This is what took him to two Super Bowls and won one. Like, we remember this now. This makes sense. So we know the pass catchers are good. Their first-round picks or high second-round picks. They've kind of got that basketball team of big-body outside receiver Sutton, technical route runner Jerry Judy, and, you know, super quick K.J. Hamler, Tim Patrick. Like, you've got – you kind of got everything in there so and and we saw Dulcich he had a huge game against the the Chargers that second he's gonna game be good. he's, he's gonna, gonna be good. good so yeah Javon and and by the way when you don't play him until week 14 yeah well guess what Javante Williams gonna be healthy by yeah. then and he is a hammer an absolute hammer so this is a really really good team I I will not be surprised in the least to see them bounce back and and make a run and I think that's something to remember all the people that were talking about the juggernaut that was the AFC West last year certainly didn't turn out that way but remember why you said that and what it was that you that led you to that that idea that's the Broncos this year they're still that team they are still that team and they got one of the best coaches in the league now they didn't have a first-round pick, but they did get Marvin Mims. You mentioned all those playmakers. Add him to the mix now, too. Yeah. You, got, you got Mims. Pa- Mims. So, basically, Mims and Patrick, basically new I guys. I mean, they Patrick probably don't even Mims. want to see him. You got Patrick, Hamler, Sutton, Judy. I mean, how about that for a top four? It's so, crazy. Yeah. And, again, they're. I won't be surprised if they want to run the hell out of the ball. If he's like, you know what? It really worked pretty well for Pete up in Seattle. They won a lot of games and, and won a Super Bowl and – Broncos have a, a Marsh, you know, a Marshawn Lynch type back that does not go down on first contact and gets stronger as the game goes on, and can really be a weapon in the fourth quarter. I would not be surprised if, like you said, Chris, they go after Dalvin Cook and they really try to build this thing around the run and play action, and take your shots here and there. It's not on your shoulders, you know, Russell Wilson. We don't care how much money you're making. Let's just go win games, and you make plays when you have to. I think last year, too, was an example of just how important structure is within an organization. We weren't in the building, but by all indications, Russell was kind of running everything, right? He had his own office, and it was, you know, he's he's the CEO of the of the offense, essentially, and that, that doesn't work. That doesn't work. That's why Sean Payton's going to come in, and I think just by that, it's just that one simple subtraction of Nathaniel Hackett to Sean Payton is going to make this team a professional outfit again, and, and they're going to be a force to be reckoned with, I think. So yeah. the Chargers... Comes down to players, and they yeah. got players. Yeah, they got guys. Um, that leads us to the Chiefs' money. I, I want to rattle off a few of these stats. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is 27-3 and against the AFC West. He's never lost a road game in the AFC West. The only teams that have... I think they, they lost to the Raiders, and then they lost to the Chargers twice. Barely. One Patrick that they Mahomes, conceded. Yeah. Yeah. It, pa- Patrick Mahomes is rarefied air right now. Um, the, 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 the one thing that Chargers fans should look forward to is the fact that Justin Herbert 
has had a fourth quarter lead in every single game against Patrick Mahomes. Right. They haven't finished. That's not all on Herbert. That's on the team. That's on the defense. But they have been in every single game that they've played against Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert. Um, third and fourth quarter scoring is going to be, I think, the biggest thing in terms of just getting over the hump with the Chiefs, especially in that fourth quarter, because money we've seen it way too many times where the Chiefs have something in the fourth quarter for the Chargers. Chargers don't have enough gas. Um, we, we talked a lot about Kellen Moore last uh, last week, and I just looked at the third quarter and fourth quarter scoring of the Cowboys versus the Chargers. Again, personnel, it, Dallas is different, but Kellen was calling the plays. Fourth quarter scoring last year, Dallas was number three in the NFL, 7.7. The Chargers, 25, 5.1. Third quarter scoring, Dallas, number five in the NFL, 6.1 points per game. The Chargers, 29th, 2.9 points per game. Only Tampa, Denver last year, we just talked about, and Pittsburgh were worse. So, again, just the addition of Kellen Moore, you hope, is enough to at least put the Chargers in the conversation to win the AFC West for the first time since 2009. It's going to take a Herculean effort to dethrone the Chiefs. I realize that. I think they've won the division seven straight seasons. But they've been so close, man. And if they're healthy and if they have an offense that can sustain points in the second half of games and a defense that can get a stop, maybe we're talking about Chargers winning the AFC West for the first time in 13 seasons. Well, like we said, the, this goes back a couple weeks when we talked about Brandon Staley's defense when we had Lindsey and Jeff Miller on. And we talked about how you go into these games and you feel like Staley's got a really good game plan in the first half. And you think about that week two matchup in Kansas City with all the interceptions, again, that should have been interceptions and the ability to maybe go up big and they just weren't able to cash those in. But then I look at the game at SoFi that really could have changed things. You know, the Chargers win that. They improved to 6-4. and four. The Chiefs slipped to 7-3. and three. Now you've split the season series, and you're back in this mix. Instead, they start the second half up 20-13. to 13. They had to settle for a field goal, remember, at the end of the half, because and they were knocking on the door. It was like a third and one, and they couldn't punch it in from the goal from, – from, um, from, again, it was like the two or something like that. They had to kick the field goal. Which, again, that goes back to the what happened to the aggressive mentality. It's the Chiefs. you got to score touchdowns, not field goals. Anyway, so they're up 20-13. to 13, Start of the second half. They punt. The Chiefs get a field goal. Second possession. Three and out. They punt. Chiefs get a touchdown. And now all of a sudden you're down 23-20. And the next possession they fumble. And it's just you, that's, that's how you lose games to the Chiefs. You, you cannot make mistakes. You just can't. And last year felt like the year looking at it. You're like, all right, look at this defense. They've got all these young guys. They've reset their secondary. They're playing rookies at corner and safety. And, you know, Jalen Watson and Trent McDuffie are out there. And this is the time to go get them. And they weren't able to, to cash that in. Now, those guys are a year older. They're Super Bowl champions. They've certainly got a ton of confidence. They've been able to reset on these cheaper contracts. And we know, like you said, you've got to close out. You know, the defense has got to come up big. It's hard. It's hard to do that against someone who's going to be in the conversation as the greatest quarterback in the history of this game. It is very hard. So when he extends those plays, man, things get tough. So, and it's interesting. I went back and, 
and looked at the advanced metrics and the quarterback hurries and the win rate, like Joey Bosa's win rate in the two games against the Chiefs, it's like 35%. I mean, he just ate Orlando Brown's lunch in those games. But And then you'll see, oh, and he had three pressures and three quarterback hits, and then you go look at the pressures and the hits, and it's like, yeah, he's he's there. He hit him. But Mahomes is, is throwing a, a dump-off pass to Travis Kelsey because he had that extra second for those guys to just get on that same wavelength and break your heart. And that's – I can't even imagine what it's like as a defender to feel like, man, I am busting this guy up, and it, I'm running in place, and they're scoring 30 points. And we got, as a team – you know, 12 hurries, eight quarterback hits, two sacks, and they're putting up 30. And that's just, that's, the Chiefs is the one where you said it. Kellen Moore, who was able to devise different game plans week in and week out with the Cowboys, depending on his opponent, did a really good job of, this week we're leaning on Zeke and Tony Pollard. Next week we're leaning on CeeDee Lamb and, 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 and Dak Prescott. Like, that's, where he's going to make his bones. What's your game plan for the Chiefs? Can you not start the second half, punt, punt, fumble, and go from leading by seven to trailing by three? Money, December 16th, 2021. This is the game that I really thought that this conversation would be in the rear view and the Chargers would actually win the division. Um, They had already beaten the Chiefs earlier in the year in Arrowhead. SoFi Stadium, Thursday night football. Uh, They're up at the half. They lose in overtime, 34-28. Had they won that game, they would have had the season sweep over the Kansas City Chiefs. The records would have been tied. And the Chargers had games against the Houston Texans, the Broncos, who were not good that year, and then that Raiders game. Uh, It was a COVID year. It was all wacky. We know what happened in Houston that, that following week. But I, but I almost feel like the deflation of that loss had some carryover as well. The Chargers were this close to winning the AFC West in 2021. I, I don't know if people fully realize it. They would have had the season sweep over the Chiefs after a Thursday night football game. They would have had extra rest, tons of motivation to go to Houston despite having a bunch of guys out with COVID. And in finishing the season as AFC West champions. The closest they got was 2018 when Anthony Lynn was the head coach. They were 12-4, and four, and you know the, the Chiefs Lost had the, the tiebreaker tie over them. But, yeah. but just, just think about that. Brandon Staley's first year, they were this close. They were this close to they winning play the well. division. You know? They, they play they, they well. They play well, and they always play the Chiefs well. Uh, well is not good enough, right? right? Close is not good enough. But Justin Herbert in year four, a healthy roster, I don't put it out of the realm of possibilities. I'll put it that way. The Chiefs have dominated a division like nobody's business right now. Um, you look around the entire NFL, it, there's nobody close in terms of domination, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Uh, when you don't lose road games in the division, you're dominating. Uh, you're doing things that nobody's ever done in the NFL. Um, that's what the Chargers are up against each and every year. But they're so freaking close, man. Like. That's that's why I think you have to be you have to be encouraged by how Justin Herbert has played against Patrick Mahomes and how the Chiefs and Chargers have played really over the last several years, even dating back to Phillip Rivers. Every game comes down to the wire. The Chargers have just not been on the right end. Well, I'm hopeful. 
I know a lot of people pointed to the the week 18 game against the Chiefs and how that's 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 when you want it. It's a bonus because the Chiefs wrap up the division seemingly every year by week 15 or something. So you get a break and maybe that's just a win because Mahomes isn't going to play. I hope that's not the case. Yeah. I hope that's for the division. That's what the NFL is hoping, that that's your Sunday night football game in prime time or the Saturday night game in prime time that everyone's going to tune into and it's going to be for the division. Week seven's it. October 22nd, they catch a break every single season, it feels like. The Chargers have been sent to Kansas City on a short week or in prime time and dealing with one of the most hostile environments that's now magnified because it's a prime time game or it's a late game and people have been getting all lubed up in that parking lot, which is probably the best tailgate in all of the NFL. And it's just a, it's a cauldron of anger. And, and vitriol that you have to try to navigate along with playing the most dominant team in football the last five years. So I'm happy that it's just a standard Sunday afternoon game, October 22nd at Arrowhead. We have not had one of those, it feels like, in, in a long time against the Chiefs. Um, but, and, you know, Money, the only problem with that is that it is a short week because they play Monday Night Football against the Cowboys. Right. So, they like, but it's, it's standard, but, again, you still – the, the, the littlest of breaks the Chargers right. can't catch against the Chiefs. It's true. No, it's a <laughs> fair know? point. It's it's a fair point. It's a shorter week. However, the well, not even however. The one thing that I'm hopeful is that J.C. Jackson is who we think he is. And he's healthy and he's found his rhythm. Because now when you have three corners, however they want to divvy it up, wherever they may go with, with Asante and and. Mikey Davis and, and J.C. Jackson, if you can just get that extra beat, let's turn those hits and hurries into sacks because it's not open. Because Patrick Mahomes can't find that extra guy because you've got three viable, legitimate, potentially Pro Bowl cornerbacks out there that are able to give your defensive front, uh, Morgan Fox and, and Joey and Khalil, that just that split second that they need to turn hits to sacks. Look, they got to him, man. In week two, they were all over him in that first quarter. Like I said, there were interceptions. There were should have been interceptions. There were BS penalties that nullified interceptions. And they had it. Staley had the game plan laid out. The players executed it. And they they deserved a better fate than they had. Rush into the line on a first and goal from the three was just, and it, it drove me crazy all last season, the hurry up. I could chart all of the hurry, if I had the time to go through it, I could chart all the hurry up plays that Joe Lombardi tried to run, and I would put their success rate somewhere around 1%. And that was that was the worst of the bunch. Hurrying to a first and goal from the three and throwing a pick six in that week two game and completely flipping that game on its head after you had dominated completely up until that point. So there's it sounds like a lot of, you know, peeing and moaning and what ifs, but I think it's because they are so close and you it's just so hard to get over that hump, especially when it's such a small hump it feels like, the way these two teams play each other. Yeah. Chargers fans have lived it, you know. They yeah. know all about this rivalry. They know all about the, the heydays of Rivers and LT and when they were winning the AFC West. And it, it seems like it's long overdue for that to come back around. Maybe 2023 is that year. So, you hope so. We're gonna, 
Yeah, we'll uh, we'll be at camp in a couple of weeks. Next week we will dive into training camp, preview everything you need to know, position battles, guys to watch um, as we get ready for another season of Chargers football. Uh, and then Muddy, we'll be we'll be at Jack Hammett. Hopefully we can get some players uh, to sit down with us like we did last year. It'll be fun. Absolutely, every week. Let's do it. Yep, let's do it. All right, for Muddy, I'm Chris. This has been Chargers Weekly. Thanks for listening. Oh, 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 o